0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Got an email this morning. Another Cardinals player selected NFC Player of the Week. This time it was Jordan Hicks. Well deserved. And that leads us into a discussion about the defense overall, including how that unit will defend Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and company. The D did a great job slowing those guys down in the first meeting. But first, the team did something Wednesday they hadn't done in six years. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 506. And it starts now. It's been a long time coming, MJ. In fact, 2015 was the last time, the last time the Cardinals put playoff tickets on sale. And that's exactly what happened at 10 a.m. Arizona time on Wednesday. Now, all the Cardinals have to do is make the playoffs. And I'll get to that in a moment. But tickets to wildcard weekend and the divisional playoffs are available. But as we speak here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, I'm not expecting those tickets to last very long. In fact, they might already be gone by the time, Bird Gang, you listen to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And for those that have season tickets, make sure you keep your tickets. I understand that you can make some money, but this is a magical year. And hopefully the Cardinals are hosting playoff games in the postseason. That's the idea of trying to get that number one seed, even a two-seed. Win your division, you're at least hosting a playoff game. So they, uh, they got bigger aspirations than just playing in a playoff game. But take care of business on Monday and then beat the Lions on the road. And then all of a sudden, you win the division.
0: I liked how you referenced home games, plural, as opposed to just one home game. I like your thinking there.
1: Thank you. And... You know it's Wednesday. Um, you know because the Cardinals are playing on Monday, everything's kind of pushed back a couple of days. So we really haven't seen the players on the field. They're in the building. They're going through meetings. Obviously, guys are getting rehab. But I am sensing as we get closer to Thursday and Friday, this is a big week for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm, I'm sensing it. Just, just what's at stake. Um, this team feels like. You know what? That wasn't an anomaly what they did when they beat the Rams. We know that they were able to run the football. They got to, you know, Matthew Stafford. So uh, I'm not saying they're overconfident, but I think that they're comfortable going into this game knowing
0: what's at stake. All divisional games are just a little bit bigger than other games versus the NFC versus the AFC. But, yeah, especially considering it's Monday nights, it's the only game in town, and it's a win-and-you're-in scenario the playoffs. The Cardinals can clinch a playoff spot here in week 14. They hold their own destiny. You win or a tie against the Rams and the Cardinals will be in the postseason for the first time since 2015. There are some other scenarios as well that involve the Vikings losing, the 49ers losing, the Saints losing. But bottom line is, if certain things happen on Thursday night football and Sunday, then the Cardinals may already know before kickoff on Monday that they have clinched a playoff spot. But I would prefer just the satisfaction, selfishly, of a win on Monday night football at home against the Rams, national television, and that clinching a playoff spot. Don't back in. Kick in the door yourself. Yeah, I'm going to take a page from Al Davis. Just win, baby.
1: (laughs) Now – we got a chance to, to listen to Chandler Jones today, Christian Kirk, and, of course, Cliff Kingsbury. I want to see Tyler Drake from Arizona Sports. He asked the question, when I, when they mentioned Monday Night Football, what comes to mind? And you know what both guys said? <laughs> the Monday Night Football song. Oh, you playing it.
0: Little Hank Williams here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai. (laughs) Proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that's usually the trigger that a big game is about to happen.
1: Well, and Cliff said growing up in Texas. I mean, Hank Williams makes sense. And then they asked Chandler Jones, and he said the music. I mean, I just remember – you know, if the Bills didn't have a lot of Monday night games, um, you know, I was there when they, were, they went to three or four different Super Bowls, but unfortunately they lost. But a lot of times I had to convince uh, my parents, can I stay up? Yeah,
0: That 9 o'clock kickoff on the East <laughs> yeah. Coast for my four years at Syracuse, I did not like that at all. <laughs> Give me 6 o'clock, you know, 5.15, 5.30, but waiting until 9 for kick, I, I did not enjoy that. That is the best part about living on the West oh, Coast, oh, it's great, especially college football on Saturday. Um, you
1: know, and now the game started eleven and two, and then six uh, six fifteen our game is going to be on Monday. But is was there a favorite Monday Night Crew that you really enjoyed over the years?
0: Howard Cosell. And at that time, growing up, when you're young and you watch it with your parents or your father, and that's the only time you got to see highlights. I mean, nationally, as far as all he, right, every single game. That halftime period was your one shot, one stop shopping as far as figuring out what happened around the NFL. Yeah, I, uh, I got to go back. You
1: know, they've had so many different crews, and you know, right now it's what Steve Levy and Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick, And it seems like they're always trying to change. It wouldn't surprise me if they try to go after the Mannings, but that no, none of those two guys can do play-by-play. They should put Dave Pass in there. <laughs> He's got enough jobs. We want to keep him here too, anyway. So yeah, I mean, growing up, Monday Night Football, and like Chandler says, he, you know, a lot of times we are traveling on Sunday nights, they don't get a chance to watch that game, and, and you always hear players say, other players are watching, people you went to school with are watching, your former teachers are watching. So it's just, it's the only game in town, and this is a huge game when it comes to the NFC seedings and the Arizona Cardinals when it comes to the division title.
0: It was an interesting note that Chandler made as far as teams flying back on Sunday night, and it didn't ever occur to me because now all of a sudden for fans, Sunday night football has become bigger than Monday night football. But for the players, Monday night, that's, that's when you're – when you're trying to relax and recover from Sunday so I can understand more players watching Monday night football as opposed to Sunday night football. There is some disappointment with this matchup, however, at least for me. Again, this is purely selfish. There is no Manning cast for Cardinals and Rams on Monday night football. I've become a big fan of watching Peyton and Eli on ESPN2, but they are taking the next three Mondays off. The Manning cast returns week 17 Browns Steelers on January third.
1: Well, y- you and I were having a conversation earlier in the week, and you know, I'll 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 watch the Manning Cast, and a lot of times it's based on the guests, and and they were come up with a lot of good guests. I mean, last week it was what uh, David Letterman and Akeem Tlaib, and who was the last guy? Joe Buck. Joe Buck. So I, I I tune in that, and the thing is, when we're at the game, I wouldn't be able to listen to it. But I would
0: record it and DVR. That and watch was my it back plan, down.
1: also. But what are are these guys? I guess
0: it's holiday
1: season. um, You know, they're overworked. They're everywhere. The Mannings are everywhere.
0: Yeah. It is a fun broadcast to supplement what they do on the main broadcast on ESPN. You learn something, too. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's the X's and O's. It's more analytical, it's more in depth, and there's some fun as well. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, MJ. It's a Wednesday following a Cardinals win. So what happened on Wednesday? 6.32 a.m. The email arrived in my inbox. And this one was a little bit of a surprise. I was not expecting it because, well, when it's a defensive player, sometimes that gets lost because it's all about the offense and the numbers that offensive players put up. But a tip of the cap to Jordan Hicks, named NFC Defensive Player of the Week, first time in his career after a season-high 13 tackles, nine of them solo, tied a single-game career high with two sacks. He now has a single-season career best, five sacks overall, and he did that in a 33-22 win on the road against the Bears. Yeah, it couldn't happen to a better guy.
1: Uh, we all know the story. But at the end of the day, um, even though the GM, Steve Kahn, anointed Zayvon Collins on draft night, push comes to shove. I mean, and, and I want to, uh, I recall going back to training camp and Zavin wasn't running with the ones, but it was kind of short-lived, maybe four or five days into practice. And uh, you know, like Steve Kahn said on, on 98.7 on Burns & Gamble a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that at the end of the day, coaches decide who's going to play and their job is to pick the players, but at the end of the day, and so I'm glad that they recognize that. Uh, Cliff Cliff Kingsbury mentioned that the two best guys in camp, and I thought it was a lot of good guys, but he he singled out Chandler Jones, who came in great shape, and then Jordan Hicks, he came in great shape. He was a little heavy last year, and that's probably why he wasn't able to, 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 to put up the numbers like he has throughout the course of the year. So it's just a great story, and I'm glad he's here because some of the deals you don't make, come back to help you in a you know, long run. And he's a big part of what their success is on defense. He's a captain. He's making the calls. He's getting guys lined up. So I can't say enough about Jordan Hicks.
0: Chandler Jones earlier on Wednesday called Hicks the heart of our defense. It's his job to get everyone right, meaning lined up around the field. And, yeah, we chronicled everything this offseason. He did acknowledge that he asked for a trade, but at the same time, it's your job to come in and work and also help other guys get better. Zaven Collins, taking him under his wing. So a difficult situation. He's made the best out of it. And now the only player in the league with at least 90 tackles and five sacks. He is five tackles away from a third straight 100-tackle season. Each of his years with the Arizona Cardinals, getting to that century mark, and he is under contract next season, so I don't know what is going to happen in the off season, but I am certainly glad, to your point, the best move of the offseason, the move that didn't get made, and that is making Jordan Hicks, well, he was available, but couldn't quite find a trade partner for him.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, previous years, obviously, when you're missing your horses, you don't have Chandler on the field for the majority of the season. You know, a lot of those tackles were coming down the line of scrimmage, and that's his job. That means the defense line was going to, you know, they are getting pushed around a little bit here. We're seeing more tackles closer to the line of scrimmage. And you mentioned he had a couple sacks, tackle for losses. So based on the the front four, depending on four or three players, he's definitely benefited from that. I'm looking at his snap count. Um, (laughs) First game, 95. The next game, 96%, 100%, 100%, 100%. Uh, Houston, sixty-four percent, one hundred percent, eighty-nine, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So um, he's hard to take off the field.
0: It's a good problem to have if you are the general manager Steve Kahn, because to your to your point, plans do change, and the plan was to go with Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Yet training camp, you get guys on the field. How quickly can they pick up the playbook? How quickly can they understand what is being asked of them? And no, Jordan Hicks is not more talented athletically than isaiah simmons or zayvon collins but he is smarter football iq experience within this defense year three and that matters and that's something that you can't always plan for or know until you get these guys on the football field so again jordan hicks nfc defensive player of the week fourth time a cardinals player has been honored Chandler Jones twice, Byron Murphy earlier in the year, and overall the sixth player of the week selection, Kyler Murray and Matt Prater each being honored this year. By the way, the most ever in one season, seven back in 2009. The Cardinals with five games left to either tie that number or exceed that number. Well, you got to win in order to get these awards. That's
1: true. And when you win 10 out of your first 12 games, um, that's what happens. But, again, I – like I said, I, I just, it's interesting because I think Marcus Golden's the glue of the defense, and now we, we're told by Chandler Jones he's the heart of the defense, and then I think Buda Baker's the face of the defense. <laughs> so we'll, eventually we'll have a name for everyone.
0: That is your job before the regular season ends. Maybe if you want to go into the postseason, by, by the end of the 2021 season, after the final game is played, all 11 starters will have something attached to them to explain their significance within the Arizona Cardinals' defense. I, li- I like how you did that. That was very, very I well.
1: I mean, I, I maybe mean, I'll just put the secondary, but Jalen Thompson, i got to find a name for him. Maybe he's the thumper of the defense. i got four now. Right. I'll work on it, and, and they rotate players, but I'll try to come up with something it may not ha- i may not have all 12 to 15 guys that play on defense. So.
0: Also with Hicks, this was not the NFC defensive player of the week, not the only award he earned this week. The little known but quickly gaining attention to the Max award handed out by Max Williams. He handed out his to the Max To Jordan Hicks so the last player or the first player to win that award was Colt McCoy so this has become a thing if you follow Max Williams on social media you have to on game day he's phenomenal we certainly miss him in the locker room and on the football field but he has taken his game if you will off the field on social media to new heights since his injury
1: yeah and you know the NFL I'm sure a handful of teams send in uh, their stats obviously you have to win but this could be more because
0: it's coming from one of his peers and it does include a little trophy. There you go. You don't get a little trophy with player of the week? No, it is. You don't even get a certificate? No, you just get
1: your name on paper, yeah. and then they, they show a graphic of what you did.
0: Yeah. Go to the uh, Max Williams <laughs> Twitter account or Jordan Hicks's Twitter account on uh, social media as well. All right, let's get into it here. We begin to break down this Week 14 matchup. Rams in town on, on – I almost said Sunday. It's a force of habit. On Monday – Cardinals 10-2, Rams 8-4. Again, 6-15 is the kickoff, 2-30 in the afternoon. The pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And remember, this is the second go-around as we take a look at this Rams offense. And first and foremost, Matthew Stafford. Remember, the first meeting in week four, he was playing very Very well. Now it was only three games, but he had twice won NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Everything was clicking. He and Cooper Cup were on another world, if you will. And what happened? Well, the Cardinals shut him down. 280 passing yards, and that is shutting him down considering he's averaging better than 300 yards per game. 304. He ranks number three in passing yards, number two in touchdown tosses. Matthew Stafford is the challenge that awaits Jordan Hicks and everyone else on that side of the Cardinals football.
1: Yeah, you mentioned 280. He had two touchdowns, the interception. Now, he has 14 touchdowns, six interceptions, a quarterback rating of 102, and six road starts this season. Now, clearly, you know, there was a little – I think they were on a three-game losing streak. Matter of fact, they went 0-3 in the month of November. And then last week they got back right against the Jacksonville Jaguars and they did a nice job. But, you know, I guess we'll get a chance to talk to well, – we will hear from Vance Joseph tomorrow. I mean, it's not like they have Todd Gurley back there. So it's going to be interesting. Get him off his spot and try to force some turnovers, but easier said than done.
0: Well, you bring up the six interceptions and six road starts. Last week against the Jaguars was his first game without a giveaway since week eight and that coincides with the three-game losing streak. Six turnovers during those three straight losses. He is going to give you a chance, and we saw that in the first meeting. Byron Murphy had the nice interception early in that contest, that I think, once again, you talk about the defense setting the tone. That was the second Rams possession of the ballgame, and it flipped the script as far as that first meeting goes. So if you can make things a little bit rough for a Matthew Stafford, he will give it up as it's been seen so far this season. Overall, he's got 30 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and he's been sacked 17 times.
1: Yeah, and if I recall, Buda Baker had a fumble recovery in the last meeting. So they're finding different ways to to obviously force turnovers, and we know that the numbers are overwhelming on the road, and that needs to happen at home as they
0: play down the stretch. Yeah, let's get into that since we're on the subject of turnovers. Cardinals on the road, a plus 17, 19 takeaways to just two giveaways. At home, though, they are minus five, four takeaways, nine giveaways. But it's what this team is doing when they have a takeaway. The offense is taking advantage of those free possessions, if you will, 95 points, off 23 takeaways. So it was 23 points on Sunday in Chicago. Overall this season, 95, which is the second most in the league, and that is what complimentary football is all about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you couldn't ask for a better start. Besides, you know, obviously Kyler trying to figure out, you know, how he's going to hold the ball and all that, but when you force two turnovers, and next thing you know, you got two touchdowns, it's 14-0, and then, as you mentioned, 23 total points off of four turnovers. Yeah. Now, it sounds like maybe, if I'm just guessing, the Packers and and Panthers game is where the turnovers.
0: Was it the Texans game? Maybe one. Five of the nine giveaways in, was between the Packers and Panthers yeah, game. Yeah,
1: and those are the two games they lost, and we yeah. talk about it all the time. You know, sometimes you can overcome it, but when you're minus two, minus three, and you're not able to put many points on the board, that's what's going to happen on the other end.
0: Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Bird Gang, Pro Bowl voting is underway. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. You can vote now through December 16th. Send your favorite Cardinals players to Las Vegas on Sunday, February 6th at Allegiant Stadium. It is the 2022 NFL Pro Bowl. Vote NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. All right, let's bring it closer to the presence, and that is week 14. By the way, the Cardinals are hosting a toy drive prior to the Cardinals Rams game collect new unwrapped toys for Arizona helping hands there will be drop-off locations around State Farm Stadium a QR code will also be placed at the drop-off locations for those who wish to make a monetary contribution instead now, when the game begins, we touched on Matthew Stafford. You brought up Marshall Falk – I mean, sorry, Todd Gurley not in the backfield anymore. And when the Cardinals first faced the Rams, Daryl Henderson. Well, he didn't play last week. He's dealing with a thigh injury. And all of a sudden, Sonny Michel, who was added before the season began as almost an insurance policy, came in and had over 100 rushing yards. The first Rams running back to eclipse a 100-yard rushing game this season – 121 on 24 attempts, and this might be a much different Rams team than everyone saw back in Week Four, or at least recently during those three-game losing streak.
1: Yeah, and and really, Sony Michelle obviously is a guy that can run between the tackles. They can line him up on the in the slot. They can line him on the outside for the wheelhouse route, and he's probably getting some of those targets that Robert Woods was getting. Uh, obviously, Beckham did have a touchdown last week, and no Cooper Cup, and then Van uh, Van Jefferson, and then they do utilize their tight end. So, yeah, I mean Sony Michelle, he's he's kind of a small scat back, um, but he's very shifty, and he he can do multiple things. So again, he, again, they they have weapons, but you want to keep everything in front of you when it comes to their running game and their passing game.
0: Four times in the Rams' first six games, they had over 100 rushing yards but only once in the previous five games before Sunday against Jacksonville did they get to that 100-yard mark. And the talk in Los Angeles is maybe they had rediscovered that running game and tried to figure things out how to get back on track because something was not going well during those three games in the month of November in which the Rams have fallen further back of the Cardinals and the rest of the NFC.
1: Yeah, and just based on you know some of the game I was able to see – more of the highlights. Stafford got back to utilizing that play action, and when you can, when you can just, you know, have a somewhat of a run game. It doesn't have to be 150 yards. If you're getting three or four yards of pop, that plays right into what Sean McVay does want. He wants to do. He wants to keep the defense on their heels versus their toes. So, it's it's a scenario where, if 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 comes down to the bottom line would be is that you just can't get in a shootout with this team and I don't I don't think it's going to be a shootout and Chandler Jones mentioned you know because I asked him about you know um, the left tackle he's going against but also I asked Cliff about Von Miller and this is the reason why they got Von Miller because they want to be able to bring more than Aaron Donald Leonard Floyd or Jalen Ramsey off the edge to, to to stop these mobile quarterbacks they're looking ahead to the postseason you know besides Brady. Um, but Rogers can run, but Dak Prescott can run, Kyler can run. We'll see who the other teams are in the postseason. So he said that even though you know the Cardinals were pretty healthy at the time, he thinks both teams will look different come Monday night, which makes sense as you go through the season. They got to figure out what works for them now coming off a win. And the Cardinals feel like, you know, obviously what happened last week, they want to get their passing game going, and I think that's going to be a key
0: on Monday Night Football. Well, the other addition besides Von Miller is O'Dell Beckham Jr., and that was just – they had a boatload of riches, if you will, when Beckham signed that Friday morning, and then that afternoon they lost Robert Woods to an ACL injury during practice. So it's Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and OBJ, and Cooper Cup is the Cooper Cup that we didn't see in week four, but he has gotten on a roll once again, eight straight games with at least 90 receiving yards. He leads the league in catches, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, almost 114 receiving yards per game. But, Bird Gang, his season low total happened in week four against the Arizona Cardinals, and that was in large part not just to Byron Murphy, but everyone else because Murph, Hurt is back early in that contest, and that's the first time we really saw a lot of Antonio Hamilton play defense. So credit the entire secondary for slowing down Cooper Cup.
1: And I I know that. I I don't know if it happened before Murph or maybe it was Jalen Thompson. And They they put a nice lick on him on the sidelines, and you could see he he wasn't running like he normally is. Um, It's remarkable. I mean, you can tell when they made the trade, that they spent a lot of time in the offseason working together. I mean, because it's a lot of it's timing. But he became the first player ever with 100 catches and 10 receptions. He's got 11 in the team's first 12 games of his season. And he can become the third player in Super Bowl era with 90-plus receiving yards in nine straight games. As you mentioned, he leads the NFL with seven games, 100 yards. He has five catches of in 16 straight games, the longest streak in the NFL. Clearly, he's a weapon and i like the way they use beckham on the goal line and beckham he when he was here a couple of years ago when cleveland was here he he had a decent day against the cardinals and again i, I think they got to get on the same page i mean odell's really good on that that, that double move where you, you got to keep your eyes you can't look at the quarterback you got to keep your eyes it, we know he's talented it's just how much impact can he have because you look at vance uh, Van Jefferson aims for his third in a row touchdown catch. He had 90 yards and a receiving touchdown in Week Four against the Cardinals. He was a weapon. Um, so at that, at that point in time, it's you know I'm just glad that Robert Woods won't be out there. Unfortunately for him, his terrible injury ha- and it happened in practice, as you mentioned.
0: And I think that injury was a little bit more significant to the overall scheme of the Rams' offense than people realize. Oh, you lose him, here's OBJ. It's like, no, 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 not quite, just because of what Woods has meant not only to the offense but to the entire Rams' team and organization. And all of a sudden you take that out – It's going to take a little while, and hopefully it's still taking some time because the Cardinals don't want to face that Rams team that has been clicking on occasion this season. But they've been up and down. They've been riding the roller coaster, especially offensively. They are number five in scoring, but there have been games where they just go stretches without being able to move the football, get the ball in the end zone, or let alone kick a field goal. I mean, in the first half against the Jaguars, they had to kick three field goals because they are 0 of 6 on third down. It wasn't until the second half that they got rolling. Now, that's the Jaguars team. This is a Cardinals team, but still, you like the weapons from afar that the Rams have, Cardinals though shut down those weapons in the first meeting in week 4.
1: Well, I think they're going to be a desperate team cuz they know what's at stake right here. Again, anytime you go on a three-game losing streak, you know, people start to question things and I'm sure they did a nice self self-evaluation, but they got that, you know, they got that win last week. Yeah, I mean it, it's it, you know it's it's interesting just from a standpoint of the Cardinals after all of these years under Sean McVeigh, they get a chance to sweep them and that hasn't been the case. Uh, you know the Cardinals swept the series this year with the 49ers and Rams in the same season for the first time in 2008. Arizona would be the first season sweep of the Rams since 2014. So and again can't predict the future, but I just feel like maybe the tide is turning based on the Cardinals, where they are in year three with, with the same coordinator, head coach, and quarterback, and, and that would be ideal because we don't know what's going to happen in Seattle. We don't know what's going to happen in San Francisco with their quarterbacks. Yeah, we know that Trey Lance is going to be there and Stafford's going to be there for the next few years, but I, I just wonder if the tide is going to change, if the Cardinals can win this game and then win the division. All of a sudden now
0: they'll be chasing us. Let's hope the tide has turned, and the Cardinals get back on top of the division for the first time in a long, long time. They can do that with two more wins, clinch a playoff spot this week, next week in Detroit, clinch the nfc west but first things first and that is get the job done on monday night football again 6:15 is the kickoff 230 pregame coverage begins on the arizona cardinals radio network we will continue to break it down all week long here on cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals but we look at that rams wide receiver group and Pair it with the Cardinals' secondary group, and you had a note earlier this week on social media, and I want to talk about it here, Bird Game, because I think it's important to note when you look at the secondary going into this season, the secondary was a question mark. In the offseason, the, the secondary was a question mark. It was a question mark, a loud, large question mark, when Malcolm Butler went AWOL in training camp. Yet, you keep saying it, MJ. The secondary right now is the strength of the defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, you got to give Greg Williams and Marcus Robinson a lot of credit because they've coached up some of these young guys, including Marco Wilson. But you look at the defensive backs, and, and Antonio Hamilton's twenty-seven. Robert Alford, I want to say, is 32, and he's probably not getting enough credit because, you know, he doesn't blow assignments. He's very physical into the line of scrimmage, and he's a really good open field tackler. But defensive backs under 25 years old, these are all draftees, okay? Marco Wilson, 22 years old, fourth-round pick. Byron Murphy, 23, second-round pick. Jalen Thompson, 23, supplemental pick, fifth-round pick. James Wiggins, 24, seventh round pick. Deontay Thompson, fifth round pick. Buda Baker, 25, second round pick. The future looks bright at that position. Now, eventually, you're going to have to pay Murph, and they obviously extend it, Buda Baker and Thompson. But this allows this team where they don't have to go out and find that number one corner in free agency or use a high draft pick. I mean, the fact that you have these guys under 25 years old. This will be the strength uh, for a long time because, let's be honest, Craig, they've gotten better every single week throughout the season, and they're well coached, and we'll give the front seven a lot of credit because when you can get pressure, all of a sudden we always talk about get that
0: quarterback off the spot, and they've done that, and they've capitalized on it. Murphy, Wilson, Thompson, Baker, those are your four starters when you look at cornerback and safety, yet it is – those names that when you're young, it's hard to rely on. them, Specifically, Marco Wilson. He hasn't gotten a lot of talk, and I think to a certain extent, MJ, that's good news because rookies get picked on, and he's been picked on. He's given up some plays, but nothing really egregious. It hasn't been an eyesore. Now I don't know if you watch film and it's a little bit different, but I haven't been on post game and looked at you know what happened defensively or whatever and say, oh wow, that was that was just a bad game for Marco Wilson he's been pretty consistent the entire season and it's a lot to ask not for a draft pick but a fourth round draft pick as opposed to a first round draft pick who outplayed everyone else that he was competing up he rose up on that depth chart from where he was in the offseason into training camp to where they were comfortable when Malcolm Butler decided he didn't want to play football anymore that you know what we're okay we got Byron Murphy we got Marco Wilson we'll go into the season with that. Still had a lot of reservations, but those reservations, for me, they're gone. Yeah.
1: I mean, Marco Wilson outplayed Malcolm Butler, so I can use the word Wally pipped. He got Wally pipped, and maybe he had some other stuff going on off the field where football wasn't his priority, and if he doesn't want to be here, then obviously the Cardinals did the right thing by putting him on the reserve reserve list. So if he wants to come back, somebody's going to have to offer a draft pick or – You know, we'll see if they release his rights. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, early in the season, I thought maybe his awareness where you got to turn around for the ball because if you're not turned around and the ball's in the air, you're likely going to get the pass interference call. And there were some times when I thought, you know, maybe he should have made a tackle after the guy catches the ball. But that's his growing pains. But now you don't see those same things. I mean, he's – listen, they had a late second-round grade on him. And because there was maturity issues, throwing the shoe, and he took responsibility for it. It was a game against LSU, and he threw his, a shoe, and they ended up losing that game. But him go, playing in that conference and going against these top wide receivers that you see in the, in the first round this year, uh, it wasn't too big for him. And again, having Buda out there and you know the way they, they get this defense lined up with Jordan Hicks, I mean, uh, his future is very bright, and he's very athletic. He's got all the measurables you need. He's got the speed. He can turn his hips, and he'll he'll get his hands on uh, more balls, whether they're pass defense or just covering receivers. And, you know, the, when, they, when they face uh, the, the Titans in week one, you know, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, I mean, yeah, they were able to get to um, Ryan Tannehill, but... I I would have thought going into that game they would target a young receiver like that who first NFL start but he's played in big games even though the NFL is a lot faster and and the players are a lot better.
0: Aaron Rodgers targeted him on that Thursday night game. He did. And if the Cardinals see Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brady's going to target Marco Wilson, but by then, yeah. He will have 17, 18, maybe 19 games under his belt, and at that point you're no longer a rookie. But Marco Wilson on Sunday in Chicago, he played the most defensive snaps of any corner, 68, Byron Murphy, 61, Robert Alford, 56. Those are your top three corners, and you're not looking for anyone. Now, knock on wood, they've all stayed healthy and in years past the cornerback situation because of injuries, and then all of a sudden you have to look on the street. Well, they've got good depth, and right now it's not just the corner position, but it's the safety position as well.
1: Yeah, and, and, and last year, you know, um, obviously not having Ulford. They brought in, you know, Drake or Patrick. They signed some guys during the season, but, you know – you go back to the to the draft, and, and I know Steve Kime, he's his biggest critic um, You know when it comes to the draft, and it's, it's really a crapshoot. You can do all the work and studying from your scouts because the scouts study these guys for the last three years, but you just don't know what's between the ears, the football IQ, and then what's in the heart, how much passion do they have. They want to be good or great. So it's it's always a crapshoot. But the fact that uh, even in the offseason, when they signed Butler, I would assume they thought he was the number one res- corner. Now, when you talk to Vance, it was Byron Murphy who wasn't even close, and then a healthy offered, and then they get Marco Wilson in the fourth round, uh, and they moved up to get him. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to see some of these picks pan out because, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, Kyler Murray's draft class, and unfortunately the receivers haven't panned out. But you look at, you know, Byron Murphy. You, you look at um, Deontay Thompson. I mean, y- even though – Keen Butler, Keyshawn Johnson, Ian Andy's on the roster, Isabella. They they came away with some good players. The fact that they got Byron Murphy in the second round. I mean, can you imagine if they took a receiver there? I mean, he's their number one corner, and, you know, he's physical. So I've been thoroughly impressed with this secondary. And the fact is they got youth, and they're only going to get better with, with more experience. And the fact that we're talking about them as a strength of the defense when you got, you know,
0: five-star players in the front seven, it's pretty impressive. Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, all deserving of Pro Bowl consideration. You think so, Bird Gang? Go to NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Some other notes with respects to this defense and something that you've mentioned a couple of different times, even on Cardinal Talk, is the change defensively for Vance Joseph from more man-to-man press coverage, to now play in a little bit more zone looks. And it was really highlighted by an article on The Athletic this week by Robert Mays. I thoroughly encourage everyone to go and read this. For a lot of us that have been around the team, watched the team, covered the team, a fan of the team, not a whole lot of new stuff, but it's a national article on Vance Joseph and The Arizona Cardinals defense and the fact that there was some patience and some continuity. This is year three. This is what was the expectation when Cliff Kingsbury brought Vance Joseph on board. Year three, you're going to build this. And then also some dynamics with respects to how the Jordan Hicks, Avin Collins dynamic played out. The improvement of Isaiah Simmons, Jalen Thompson, how quiet he was and now maybe not so quiet as far as him leading team meetings. And then just some analytics as well, and Kyle Odegaard certainly would appreciate that, our former colleague here with the Arizona Cardinals. But that press man versus now more zone looks, and it was Marcus Robertson who Vance Joseph credited for making that, I wouldn't say making the change, but just a little bit different idea to kind of load up the front and just play with more three defensive backs, whether it's a corner or a safety. But you have a five-man front, three off-the-ball linebackers, and the idea is to get those teams that like to run the football to see that and say, you know what, it's going to be hard to throw against that. Let's let's open it up a little bit. And I think that's where all of a sudden this Cardinals defense is getting those takeaways because teams that would prefer to run the ball are having to throw it based off the coverage that the quarterback
1: sees when he breaks the huddle. And it can change weekly because Allen Robinson and Marcus Goodwin were out last week besides Mooney. They did play some man press at the line of scrimmage and I think that led to Andy Dalton holding on to the ball a little bit longer and it led to four interceptions. So um that but their 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 backbone of this defense playing zone. And we know that if they can, you know, contain them on first down, they get them in second and six or thir- third and six, that's when Vance can bring in his his sub-packages, nickel and dime, and get your playmakers on the field. And, and he's not afraid to go with that NASCAR package, you know, rush five. Um, sometimes, uh, last week, they only had two defensive linemen, and then you're seeing some guys come to the line of scrimmage, and then they drop back into coverage, so... I uh, can't say enough about Vance and what he's done with this defense, but I think he was thinking we got Patrick Peterson, a number one shutdown corner at the time, until the suspension. The last couple of years, he wasn't the same player. Maybe lost his his, his uh, first step, and then he lose Alford. So I, I get what he was trying to do there. And you got Chandler, you know, all of a sudden you, when you're playing, um, you know, man to man, you hope that somebody can get to the quarterback Zone, we're going to bring pressure on you now. So. He just didn't have the personnel. But now they have the personnel to change it up weekly. They can do it during the game. But I would assume this week we're going to see more zone because of the weapons they have, and you have a better
0: quarterback in Matthew Stafford than Andy Dalton. Here are some numbers to back up this discussion, and this is courtesy of the article on The Athletic by Robert Mays last season. Cardinals played man coverage on nearly 46% of their snaps and blitzed on nearly 39% of their plays, the third and fourth highest rates in the league, respectively. This season, the Cardinals' defense has already played more snaps of cover two than all of last season, They're playing with just three defensive backs, which is, as I said, forcing teams that like to run the football to open up their offense. And the specific example that the rider Robert Mays mentioned was the game against San Francisco, the second meeting. And we saw Jimmy Garoppolo drop back 40-plus times, I believe, because of what he was seeing and what Kyle Shanahan was seeing from the sidelines. You've got eight, nine in the box. and then all of a sudden it's like, well, Our advantage is to throw the football, and the Cardinals have the talent and they understand what is being asked of them in year three and the different schemes that Vance Joseph is providing that they're able to make sure that those open receivers at least initially look open, but they're able to recover in an instant.
1: Yeah, we're not seeing, you know, as I say this, you know, every game's different, but we're not seeing a lot of yards after catch. You know, you're not seeing guys just wide wa- run wide open. When you play that cover 2 you're basically saying we're not going to let anything over the top. And then if we need to support the run game, that's when the safeties come down, and we know how well they tackle between Buda and Jalen Thompson. So, you know, I – I I completely understand why he did it. Uh, I didn't realize that he did it that much last year in man to man, uh, but at the same time, though, you know, I just I I always look forward to his game plan when it comes to Vance. I mean, he, I mean, he said that He spent a couple months on on the on on the Titans, and I think once you get to schedule, you look at everyone who the new additions. But then when you get to this point in the year, you look at the last four games. What are they doing? But he always comes up with something, and to me. That's the beauty of having him in the system and being the coordinator for three years. And the players, I thought Chandler made a good point during the press conference on Wednesday that because they've been in the same scheme and system for three years – a lot of these guys, and even guys like Chase Whitaker and some of these other guys that we don't talk about, they're getting a ton of reps. He almost says like some of these guys are like coaches on the field now because they've been in the same system and they're not confused. They're all on the same page, and I think it shows on game day.
0: There is very little miscommunication with this defense here this year. And guys know where they're supposed to be, or they're quickly directed to where they're supposed to be, but not a lot of confusion. Now, you're going to have some of that, but you remember first two seasons, a lot of guys, arms up in the air, shaking their head, pointing the down. finger. That's not happening. Now you're going to get beat. I think we had a game this year, maybe it was against the Packers, maybe
1: the Randall Cobb play, where Byron Murphy maybe thought Buddha was going to come help out. I mean, that's going to happen. Plus it's Aaron Rodgers. Yep. He can be looking to the right side, and he's setting you up, and all of a sudden he doesn't have to look, and he just throws the ball. Um, again, you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback, but if I can only count a couple on one hand, that's pretty impressive versus guys wide open and everyone pointing to each other. who You know, it wasn't me because everyone at home is going to say who blew the coverage. But honestly, I I haven't seen as much as we had in the first two years under Vance.
0: Overall, this defense, number four in scoring, number four against the pass. They are fourth as far as takeaways. Now, the run game, certainly a little leakage there as well. But if this team can win on first and second down, then all of a sudden, third down becomes predictable. You can attack the quarterback. So, yeah, the run defense, you'd like to see some of those numbers down, but it goes back to what they do on first down. That dictates what happens the rest of those set of downs, if the Cardinals are winning on first down, as they have been, great. If they're not, i.e. Packers and Panthers, then all of a sudden, yeah, the entire playbook is open to your disposal.
1: Well, and, you know, depending on the quarterbacks they play, I mean, it to me, it's, it's really impressive that they're only giving up 210 yards in the air per game. I mean, you look around the league, I mean, that's that's really impressive. And, you know, like I, I mentioned maybe on the Red Sea report, maybe I mentioned it on Monday on Cards Cover 2, it's not like they're giving up 165 yards on the ground per game. Now, you like to see the, the average per carry come down. What is it, 113 or 120 right now they're giving up? correct. Per? Yeah. Okay,
0: which one is it? One thir- almost 114 okay. in the game and 4.7 yards it, per and carry. I th-
1: thank you. And I think it gets overlooked because they're forcing turnovers. But clearly, th- and this is a nitpick, and they talk about it every week. I mean, they want to run the ball and getting chased back and obviously a luxury and collar and stopping the run. I mean, getting these guys in second and third and long, um, and that's something that it may not be perfect. But if you're getting gashed for 165, 170 yards per game, that's an issue. And the Cardinals, according to your 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 uh, stats this week that you gave me, they they ran for over 200 yards on the Rams in w- it was a Week
0: Four. In Week Four, 40 carries, average better than five and a half yards. Another way to
1: win. I mean, yeah, we like to see him spinning ball down the field, and there's going to be options for these these wide receivers and tight ends this week. Uh, just based on the Rams. I mean, they can't cover the entire field, even though they got some playmakers.
0: And we'll see what Kyler Murray has to say about this matchup when we rejoin you on Thursday here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Last thing for this show, and it's an important note. Each team recognizes a player for outstanding community service off the field as well as their excellence on the field. Calvin Beecham. This week named the Cardinals Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Beecham will receive a donation of $40,000 in his name to a charity of his choice. This is the second time he has received his individual players Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year distinction back in 2018 with the Jets. He was so honored, but can't think of a more deserving person, an excellent player, an outstanding right tackle who is only here in Arizona because of Sean Kugler. He has made that clear a number of times, and the Cardinals are better off for it. But it's what Calvin Beecham has done around the community. A great article up on azcardinals.com by Kevin Parrish about Beecham and what he has done, not only locally, not even across the U.S., but worldwide, his contributions for him, and it's a great honor and best of luck to him to now to become the 2021 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, which will be announced before the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I, I actually talked to Larry Fitzgerald yesterday, not name dropping. And, and Fitz has said, Mike, uh, I, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I'm, maybe Larry just because Larry has a great Rolodex. Maybe they knew each other before. But we're talking about like providing water to, to some of these cities that, can't afford it. We're talking about bringing Wi-Fi to some of these schools. I mean, the, the little things. And you know, he, we didn't get a chance to talk to him today. I'm assuming maybe he'll be available tomorrow, along with Michael Bidwell. I don't know that for sure. But um, this guy, I don't, I, I don't think he'll be a run for a politician. But he's got a bright future, and he's so respected in that locker room. And and what he does on the field is kind of that's his job. And he played all 16 games last year, but. Whatever he does in life, he, he's winning at it, and he puts the time in. And it's nice to see when he was announced yesterday, all of the other players around the league, including his teammates, just, you know, they're not surprised. But I'm glad he's getting recognized for what he does, not only on the field but off the field. I mean, he's really trying to make a difference in some of these communities that just don't have the funding. And he's going to get $40,000, and he can sp- spread that out for a couple different charities. Again, just a great guy. He's got a bright future off the field, whatever he chooses to do.
0: You bring up Fitz, and I heard Kurt Warner this week on the NFL Network say what Fitz has told a lot of people privately, but the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award is the most important award any player can receive higher than the MVP as far as an individual honor it means more to those players because yes you're excellent on the football field everyone in the National Football League is excellent on the football field but are you excellent off the field in your community
1: well I remember Warner he got the trophy in uniform yeah
0: they don't do that anymore
1: <laughs> and then Larry uh, you know obviously Eli Manning does a lot with New York so they were co- Uh, man of the year award but I'm telling you that's the most prestigious award you can get and and yes they're all great football players but they're even greater in their communities around the country they're always giving back and a lot of times there's no cameras around so props to him I like I said I I would love to get a chance to pick his brain like what's next in your life I'm not trying to push him out but obviously he's got other aspirations and a great family man he was out you know bringing um gifts and 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 food to people, I want to say, on Monday or Tuesday. So, again, there's not always cameras around, but we know that he's one of the best uh, guys that they've had in a long time, just what he does. And, and Antoine Bethea was worthy of it. You know, Calais is on the list. Calais wanted it. Um, J.J. Watt, obviously, he's a guy that's done a ton in the community. So it's always nice to see guys
0: get recognized. Congratulations again to Calvin Beecham, the Cardinals' Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year.